Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey! Ooh, you got some energy today, girl. Well, you know, nothing like teaching a bunch of kids in elementary school and then coming home to record a podcast. Right? Yeah! I'm at the high school level, and I can tell you it has been interesting the last few weeks being back at the school and remembering all the things you hear in the hallways. Ooh, I can imagine. Let's talk about episode 18 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. Yeah, we can vote now. We can vote. What else yeah. can we do? Well, actually, maybe we, we should talk about all this. We could register for the draft, I think, if we were men. But I don't think we have to as women. So. We don't. But the podcast, you know, not also women. So it doesn't have to register either. We can just vote. Yay. We can vote. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. So this week, we wanted to highlight Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett for the quote of the week. Tyler isn't only an elite wide receiver. He is excellent with his words and known for the poetry he writes. Mm -hmm. In 2017, Lockett wrote a spoken word poem called Fly High. And part of that poem goes like this. You ain't got to be rich just to be happy. You could still be broke. If you're lost but still alive then you can still find hope. But don't live to survive. You got to learn how to fly. You got to spread your wings, go out there and chase your dreams. Tyler Lockett is It's good. I want I reaching. Na- I now want to go like see if there's a video somewhere there of him. There is video. Well, okay, if you look up well, on YouTube, fly high. Then I would like to now go and watch that. We probably will do that several times after we're done recording this podcast. We should. So, fly high, Tyler Lockett spoken word poetry so go search it on youtube see if you can find it but i love this message Mm -hmm. because i think it's well number one there's a lot of underlying like meaning i feel like there oh yeah um but as we like to talk about mental health on this podcast Mm -hmm. and the importance of taking care of yourself um and how that can actually better help you better take care of others when you're taking care of yourself exactly I, i just love that it's just like if you're lost but still alive um, then you can still find hope and hope is what allows us to feel like there's something worth living for. Sure. And something to look forward to. And I think mm-hmm. that when we get low in our lowest times in life, it's like, what am I living for? Why am I staying here? Yes. And I can tell you from experience that sometimes when you're at your lowest of lows and you're like questioning, like, well, what do I have going for me? I can't tell you how many times the next day something's come up where I'm like, it, it was an amazing opportunity or something I never foresaw coming. And yeah, it was a huge blessing or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And had I like just decided to allow myself to succumb to the feelings of hopelessness or sure. why shouldn't I be here or sure. worthlessness that sure. life has proven to me time and time again. Mm-hmm that there is something worth living for and somebody worth living for. And that person is yourself. Yes. It can't and be other people. Exactly. It has to be for yourself. And I think so many times we put an emphasis on our worth and our value into other people. Like, right. Mm-hmm. We allow them mm-hmm. to determine that for us, mm-hmm. but we have to determine that for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you will be with yourself your whole life. You will. Right? Yeah. And so honestly, like everybody else in your life, that you find valuable and important is for sure. But you definitely 
you're stuck with yourself, really, if you think about it kind of like that. Like you can't. So who do you want to be stuck with exactly. when you're with yourself? What like, kind of what, what kind of person what do kind you want to be? And we've all had struggles and some of us differently than others. And everybody has their own story. But um, I think, you know, what you said before about kind of the next day sort of having that moment. I think that that's something that maybe people out there hopefully can relate to that. Like, you know, sort of like that, that window opens, right? Like the door closes and then later like a window kind of opens and you, or you find it, but and that door might feel like it's been shut for a year, for a couple years. You might mm -hmm. feel like you're in a dark place for a while, but I, I'm going to tell you that at some point, if you put yourself out there and you make active decisions to try and better your circumstance yeah that something will come along and it takes it takes surrounding yourself with people that can help you get there you can't do it on your own no and that's the hardest part sometimes right when you feel low that yep. you feel like you're alone you don't necessarily want to ask for help number one you don't it takes a, energy and you don't want to be a burden on people and have to make other people you know so it's hard to reach out when you're feeling like that even that's when you true. want to but you feel like you're you can't mm -hmm. because you're you're the feeling of motivation to even like send a text or like survival mode. Yes. Um, just know that there are people out there who care and there mm -hmm. are resources out there. I know that to the, to write love on our arms movement is a huge in supporting oh, individuals yeah. with mental health. So if you've yep. never heard of to write love on her arms, check out their website. It's so great. T W O L L T W L O H A. Thank you. Kate dot org. I want to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of my very favorite people used to say to me, just take the next indicated step, mm -hmm. right? Just do the one small thing. And so I love this by Tyler Lockett, this, this excerpt of this poem, because it really does kind of just remind you of those things. Like just take that next step, find that sliver of hope, find that tiny shaft of light in the darkness and you know and you'll find you'll find your way yeah so well gosh thank you tyler just for giving us these words to like be it. able to think about and it's great reflection and i love finding out people have other like not hidden talents but like you know skills and talents you don't always know about so i think it's mm -hmm. kind of fun that you know not just a football player but also has kind of this artistic creative side it's, i love very finding insightful. that out mm -hmm. yeah yeah so thank you tyler lockett this has been your pacific northwest athlete quote of the week up next is the showdown lowdown all right it's time for the showdown lowdown showdown lowdown did you hear that <laughs> i think there was a ghost did you see it <laughs> No, it's a ghost. You it's can't, a ghost. You can't see it. Brandon Tanev <laughs> saw it. So Brandon Tanev saw it with those eyes. I love it. That's true. All right. The showdown lowdown is your Pacific Northwest sports news and updates for the week. Let's dive in. There's a lot of content to cover this week, and it's super exciting yeah, to share with you. There really is. All right. We're going to kick it off with the Seattle Storm. Let's do it. The Seattle Storm have requested your help in getting Jewel Lloyd to be awarded with the Seattle Women's Sports Star of the Year Award, hmm. brought to you by the Seattle Sports Commission. Vote every hour up until January 23rd. Every hour? Every hour you can wow. submit a new vote uh, by going to the website www.seattlesports.org to help select the winners of their prestigious awards. Hmm. 
So throughout this segment, you're going to hear about multiple other Seattle sports stars who are also nominated to win the awards at the annual Seattle Sports Star and Stories of the Year Awards Gala. Gala? How do you say that? You know, once, Gala, you, Gala. once you say it more than once, it's like impossible to figure out how to say it the right way. So I'm going to say Gala. Because Gala? we're gay. I like it. Okay. Gala. I like it. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> let's talk about the rain, the OL rain. There have been some personnel updates for the OL rain. So they have re-signed Ford ZR or Z King through the 2023 season. Coach Harvey said, having Z continue to develop at our club is exciting. She's shown over the past few years that she has some tools that can make an impact in this league. I'm excited to see her continue to grow and develop in the next season. King gave a statement, excuse me, about the re-signing with the team and said, I'm so excited to be coming back to the rain. I've learned so much this past year and I can't wait to continue this journey. I'm looking forward to what we can continue to achieve mm. as a club. Mm -hmm. Love that. The rain also signed defender Phoebe McLernan through the 2023 season. And coach Harvey said, we're excited to bring Phoebe to the club. I think she'll be a great addition to our back line. She has huge potential and I'm excited to work with her. She has all the tools to be an excellent player in this league Phoebe's statement on signing with the rain. I'm thrilled to be continuing my career with the OL rain. In addition to Laura Harvey's stellar reputation, mm -hmm. it's clear that the club as a whole is striving to make OL rain one of the best clubs in the world. And I am extremely excited to be a part of that and learn from so many people I have looked up to for yes. so long. Isn't that, I can't, like, yes, I can't even Phoebe. imagine like getting to go be on a team where like your, some of your sports idols are like, you know, professional, like that would be super cool. Yeah. Fan so, moments. I know. Oh, fangirl so hard. So in addition to those personnel moves that rain that the rain have made, um, the old rain also has a few of their players nominated for awards with the Seattle sports commission. So, OL Reign midfielder Quinn has been nominated for Sp Seattle Sports Story of the Year as they became the first openly transgender and non-binary athlete to win an Olympic medal in the Tokyo Olympics playing for Canada's national team. Um, OL Reign Sports Star of the Year award after her first season back from a serious knee injury um, Jess Fishlock um, had she's a midfielder so she was nominated for that one and Jess was also named the NWSL MVP and um, first team NWSL best um, 11. Yep. So NWSL, the North, the National Women's Soccer League. Um, and Fishlock has been with the OL Reign since their inaugural season in 2013. So if you want to help out, you can vote for Quinn and Jess by going to, again, www.seattlesports.org. You guys are going to hear that website multiple oh, times. Once an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Seattle Sounders, the Sounders have also made some personnel moves. They have re-signed midfielder Kellen Rowe to two-year contract, which covers the 2022 and 2023 seasons. Okay. Sounders GM Garth Lagerway said... We are excited to bring Kellen back after being such an integral part of our club in 2021. He showed his value to the team by being the only player to appear in all of our matches last year. Wow. And we look forward to his contributions going forward. Hmm. The Sounders have also re-signed goalkeeper Stefan Cleveland 
on a two-year contract with an option for 2024. Mm -hmm. In 2021, Cleveland made 15 regular season starts and recorded three shutouts. Wow. So Sounders head coach Brian Schmetzer said, Stefan stepped up and provided us with a great presence and goal last season. Having him back with Tom Dutra and the rest of the goalkeeping unit gives us great security at an important position on the field. In addition to these re-signings by the Sounders, they bring back a familiar face, but not as a player this time. They're going to bring back Andy Rose as they hired him as the assistant head coach. Oh, cool. Rose returns to Seattle where he began his professional playing career from 2012 to 2015. Yeah. Sounders head coach said, we are excited to officially welcome Andy back to our club as he begins his coaching career. As a player, Andy was highly coachable and a well-rounded team player as a a coach now himself, I look forward to seeing him mentor the next generation of players. Hmm. Welcome back, Andy. In other Sounders news, okay. Seattle Sounders players Chris Christian Roldan mm -hmm. and Dylan Tevez mm. are up for Seattle Sports Star of the Year awards. Wow. So you know where to vote at this point. www.seattlesports.org. <laughs> vote by January 23rd. Wow. I love that. That's so cool that he's coming back as a, an assistant head coach. I love that. Um, okay. It reminds me of Roy, Roy Kent a little bit. A little bit, right. And you're wearing your Believe sweatshirt right I now, am too. Some, some Ted Lasso you love Ted over Lasso here. Ted Lasso going on. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I love that show. Season three, come out soon. Anyway, um, we're going to move on to the Kraken. And I'm just going to say to start with, okay, there's a lot to say about the Kraken this week. So hold on. So on Saturday the 15th, um, the Kraken were against the LA Kings and it ended with another loss at one to three. It, it was disappointing with Marcus Johansson scoring the only goal for Seattle. However, the new arena experience before the game was introduced. That was so cool. Oh my gosh. It had such great video. It had light overlays and it even had a Kraken tentacle that like, you know, air quotes breaks through the ice. It looked like they were actually suspending those, like the crack, like the ice breaks yeah. in the air. They're yeah. suspending them with like cable wire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like they show up in when it's dark and you're looking up at the, I don't know, I think it's like the glass, the boots maybe, or the yeah. boxes where the, the eye is and everything. And so then while you're distracted, they've, the Kraken tentacle has broken through the ice and then it gets raised back. It's, it was super fun to watch. So, um, I can only imagine how cool it would be to watch like in climate pledge where you could feel all of the sound and hear it. And it just, it we're going to need to secure cool. more tickets. I know we're going to have to go to another game. And you know, Monday the 17th was the first matinee game for the Kraken. They'd never played kind of that earlier yeah. game. So that was the first for them. And it took them to overtime and a shootout with the Chicago Blackhawks. So Seattle held on well like really well against um, Chicago's future hall of fame goaltender, Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy is crazy good. Yeah. Crazy good. And so he made some huge stops. Like I, mean, I just give him, I, like I give him credit where it's due. He, he was, he was excellent in goal for some of the stops. Yes. He made. I mean, and looking at the analytics, there was a flurry of shots coming his way and he just, and he, and he, he is, did, and he's flurry. Yeah. Exactly. So that makes sense. But I mean, the analytics looking at it, he saved at least two that he should not have been able to save. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. So he is awesome in the end. Um, it was Philip Grubauer, excuse me, who came out on top because he stopped 25 shots as well as two shots in the shootout after overtime. Yep. Um, 
Monday's game was the 300th game for Vince Dunn, who had scored the 100th goal for the Kraken this season. So that was pretty cool. Um, so he was the first score of the night or the afternoon, I should say. And Ryan Donato scored the tying goal as well as a goal during the shootout. Now Don Skoy also scored a goal during the shootout, though it didn't really count for points just to end the game. I'm kind of learning about that with this whole process, but mm -hmm. the final score was three to two. And it broke a nine-game streak of not winning. I don't want to say losing. I'm just going to say not winning. So sure. Um, so excited about that. But um, Carson Coleman, he was formerly with the Boston Bruins. He was picked up off the waiver wire, and on Monday, um, sorry, he was put on the waiver wire, and then on Monday he was picked up by the Kraken. So he had had his first practice with the team on Wednesday, and said in a press conference that he is here to help the team win. And any role that they uh, need him to play or need me to play or position that they need me to play or fill, I'm happy to do it. So it sounds like from what they were saying that he has a lot of speed and energy and that those can really be critical features to have on the four check, mm -hmm. which if you don't know all the hockey moves like me, hashtag learning sports, um, a four check is a defensive move in on the offensive side where you're trying to regain possession of the puck. So during our next watch of the Kraken game, there's one on tonight. Um, I will try to see if I can look for and identify some four checks. Anyhow, nine postponed games for the Kraken have now been rescheduled. Mm -hmm. The NHL came out with their schedule updates on the 19th. So all 104 postponed games have been rescheduled across That's the league. so many games. It's a ton. They did have to shift like 25 previously scheduled games a okay. little bit in order to accommodate. So they shifted around some pre-scheduled games. They shifted some around. It only affected one Kraken game, and I think it's when we're up against the, I want to say it's the Coyotes, okay. um, and it's there versus here. But, um, so and that's kind of nice for our fans because yeah, it won't they're impact not, it's necessarily not impact their, their season tickets, tickets yes. from home games. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, they do have four more games coming up at home in this kind of six-game stretch here. They've got um, one with the San Jose Sharks. That's tonight, the Thursday the 20th. Um, they've got the St. Louis, St. Louis Blues on Friday the 21st, the Florida Panthers on Sunday the 23rd, and the Nashville Pred Predators on Tuesday the 25th. They're not having a lot of rest time between these games, so we'll kind of see how that affects um, their play. I have a question. Yeah. What are we doing on the 23rd? Uh, so far, I don't think we have a lot going okay. on. Well, Maybe anyways, we could just, just check into no, that. No, that was just a question. Huh. Hmm. Okay, continue. Interesting. Um, but you know, hopefully, we will send see some more wins ahead. Um, so there's that going on. I'm gonna skip over though now to the Seattle Sea Wolves. Let's hear it. Who I'm so excited because they have their first. We are gonna watch our game. first game on Saturday. Oh we gosh. will be there I'm in pumped. person. And yes. we're gonna <laughs> it's gonna be so much fun. I'm like watch me just chase down Rucky. We um, have to. There's Rucky. literally that's literally <laughs> what we're gonna do. Rucky, watch out. If we um, could do a proper rugby tackle on Rucky I don't know how to do any of that. I will figure it out. My body Rucky will be prepared. Rucky, I will not tackle you, but I might just, you know, invade your personal space. I don't know. So anyhow, <laughs> um, they do have their first expedition game this Saturday. There were some scheduling issues here and there with the border issue uh, with with border issues with Canada and also some COVID 
kind of concerns across which is why the Canada border yeah, yeah exactly so they're going to be playing against the Seattle Rugby Club which is pretty cool yeah um and so the Seawolves in terms of personnel and players mm-hmm. have also added center Lopetti Aisa apologies if I did not get that correct as the first homegrown Oregon player to sign with them. Let's go. And he says, I'm just grateful for this opportunity to play quality rugby with the Seawolves and other players from all over the world. So I'm super excited. It sounds like the Seawolves have added some great players for this season. And again, if you have not gotten tickets to go see some rugby this year or this season for the Seawolves, totally look into it. Tickets are really affordable considering professional sports prices and it's not really like too far away it's like tequila so it's no big deal so anyway check it out all right moving on to the seattle mariners yeah so to begin with for this segment Mm -hmm. i did want to share a little bit of sad news it's not that i wanted to share the sad news it's that i should right like sure you guys should know about this if you haven't heard former mariners coach brian delunas passed away this week and mm, yeah. uh, Brian is survived by his wife, uh, Johanna, and son, Rory, and stepdaughter, Marin. So, you know, it's really sad to hear that news. It, it sounded like across the league, Brian really had a positive impact yeah. on players and, you know, other coaching staff. So um, definitely yeah. sending our condolences yeah. that way for sure. But let's transition on. I just wanted to acknowledge that first. I felt like that was important. But transitioning on to other Mariners news, Mm -hmm. the Mariners announced three international signings. They announced three of them on January 18th. Okay. So to start with, it's um, infielder Michael Arroyo. Oh, gosh. Arroyo. Arroyo. That's Mm -hmm. for some reason that like grouping of words for me is like hard to say. Um, so thank you for supporting me on that one. No problem. Uh, and Michael is from Colombia, infielder Martin Gonzalez from Dominican Republic, and outfielder Lazaro Montez from Cuba. Nice. So those are three of our international signings. That's cool. Mariners Director of International Amateur Scouting, Frankie Thon Jr. said, it's great, it's great to be adding these three young players to an already exciting Mariners minor league system. Yeah. Each of them offer a unique skill set that our player development staff should really enjoy working with. Hmm. We are also thrilled with the quality of um, the people who we are about to bring on board. Thon Jr. provided a little bit more insight that we wanted to share with each of you on these three players because sometimes we'll be like, oh, we, we sign these three players, but we yeah. don't know anything who about them. They? Who are they? Exactly. What do they have yeah. to bring to the table? Tell me, Michaela. Tell me some more. So to start with, um, Kate Arroyo. <laughs> thank you. 17 is right-handed is a right-handed hitting infielder who is considered one of the more advanced pure hitters in 2022 international class. He stood out as a performer across different international events in numerous countries. Arroyo. I should probably be rolling my R's, but I'm not good at that. So (laughs) I appreciate you just interjecting so I can, you can help me say it has a quick and compact swing with developing power and good knowledge of the strike zone with mature swing decisions. The five foot 11, 170 pound infielder has a solid glove in the infield, Hmm. likely setting in at second or third base. Okay. So interesting to see, you know, how he develops um, in the system. Thank you again for supporting me with how to say his name. I really struggled for some reason. Again, that group of words, my mouth just doesn't want to say it. Those letters together. Yeah. It can be tricky. Yeah. I don't want to embarrass myself more than I need to. So, I mean, I think, 
just interjecting this in here. I think that one thing that we're both very like aware of is the fact that people's names are really important and we don't like messing them up and we feel bad when we don't pronounce things correctly. But sometimes it's hard if you can't hear how it sounds either, you know? So Mm -hmm. we, we try, you will hear us often say like, sorry, if we're saying that wrong, because we know that we don't get it right all the time. And so we want to acknowledge the fact that like names are really important and we do care about them, but it can be hard if you can't hear how it sounds too sometimes. So hear how it sounds or apparently be able to actually make your mouth make the sound. (laughs) That's also true. It is tricky sometimes. Um, So anyways, moving on to Gonzalez, who's also 17. All three of these prospects or these signings are 17, by the way. Okay. So Gonzalez, 17, is a right-handed hitting infielder who has been praised for his glove work at shortstop, Mm -hmm. ranking as one of the better pure defenders in the 2022 international class. Okay. Gonzalez has also shown a plus arm from the for the position at the plate he has a surprising raw strength considering his frame and profiles as more of a power hitter than a natural one hmm. the five foot ten 170 pound i'm like both are 170 pounds what an interesting <laughs> what a nice Rick. coincidence so um the five foot ten 170 pound infielder is a solid overall athlete with average speed okay um so that's kind of an interesting so, like, thing right a shortstop like, do you need to have like is it better to have like just regular like average speed? Would it be you want to be pretty quick on your feet because you're okay. moving side to side depending on where you're, you know, you need to be like, I think about J- Derek Jeter and how quick he was on his feet. Like you do have to be pretty quick, but also at 17, you're still developing like, your body. Yeah, still you're developing. not very old at that point. No. So there still could be a lot of development to happen there. But if you're athletic and I you're mean, saying you're a solid athlete, then I think there's a lot of room. Yeah, he's develop. obviously good if he's getting right taken up so so montez 17 is a left-handed hitting outfielder who has the ability to develop into an impactful middle of the order power bat which is great because you want those power hitters at you know four or five in the batting order maybe even six but four or five when you're doing cleanups is that so you can like have people on base and then you can use them to help get more people in yeah so you'll typically put some of your like when you are making a lineup typically you will have some of your solid hitters at the top of the lineup. Those Mm -hmm. are people that are likely to get on base. Okay. Um, Their batting average, typically you want, you know, they're going to be hitting more often. They're going to be getting on base more often. And then you have your cleanup hitters, you know, that's your four, five, six. Those are Mm -hmm. to get the runs in Mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine. I mean, okay. Back in the day when I played softball, if you're batting seven, eight or nine, you probably didn't have the best bat, but you were like a solid, like, you know, player in the outfield or, you know, on defense. They were like, hey, this is where you bet because you have to. Yeah, but you're, you're also gonna... hoping, you know, you hope to be able to continue on with a rally or set plays up for the, sure, front yeah. of the start of the lineup and that sort of thing. But, yeah, typically you're going to have your, you know, players that are on base more often. Yeah. One, two, three, cleanup hitters, four, five, six. All right, good. So that will be fun. And, you know, um, Montez is an average, you know, hitter on base skills to complement his top of the scale elite raw power and is a steady defender on the outfield corners and a solid athlete. Wow, nice. The six foot five. So wow. much taller than the other two. Yeah. 205 pound um, outfielder possesses a larger than life frame with an even bigger personality. And now I have questions. Yeah. I'm like, you're 17. What kind of personality is going on? I mean, the personalities I've seen in the, these high no, school that's hallways this week. I'm like, I take oh, it back. I take it back. My gosh! I so I'm really back. excited. I want to. I want to see a little this bit more of Montez. 
yeah. see what this even bigger personality is like. <laughs> the one other thing I wanted to add is that Mitch Haniger is also up as a nomination for the Seattle Sports Star and Story of the Year yeah. uh, awards. Yep. Where can you vote? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's seattlesports.org. I think you're right. Until yeah. until January, January 23rd. 23rd. But you can vote every hour. You can vote every hour. I'm going to really want to figure out the math on that, but I'm going to wait. Well, so transitioning to the Seattle Seahawks. Sure. Some exciting news. We will now be sharing in-depth news on the Seahawks and the She Talks Hawks segment that follows the showdown lowdown so stay tuned for seahawks news rumors and updates i did want to share however since this has been a consistent thing in the showdown lowdown this week that tyler lockett is also up as a nomination for seattle sports star story of the year that's award okay so hey kate where can they vote for tyler lockett because tyler Mm -hmm. lockett I, i was i was genuinely like torn between mitch hanniger and tyler lockett but i do feel like tyler lockett needs this love okay uh, where can they vote for tyler lockett uh pretty sure it's seattlesports.org until january 23rd yeah i think you're right once an hour you're i'm gonna have to figure out the math on this i'm just gonna have to do it anyway let's go to the pacific northwest uh player of the week let's hear it let's go for it so out of everybody that played and excelled through the week this is the person we're picking as the mvp for this week we're going to go over to the Kraken. Yes. Yes, Kraken. With Ryan Donato. Because he scored that tying goal in the game against the Blackhawks, as well as a goal in overtime in the shootout, he really helped so much with the Kraken getting their first win after a nine-game not-winning streak. So I think some of the people that listen know this is the truth. Um it always happens that something positive happens when I'm not watching Seattle sports games. Oh, that's and true. Kate happens to be watching them. So, which is weird. Um, during that cracking game, I went to storage to drop off our Christmas decorations and Kate stayed home to do some chores around the house, but she was also watching the end of that game. And I'm getting texts from Kate, which number one made me really proud. Cause she's always the one that's like hashtag learning sports, but she's like, they tied. They're going to shootout. It's overtime. We won. And so she's like updating me as I'm like in storage. I just moving felt all these bad things. that she was missing it. So I wanted to. But keep I'm also her not surprised that, you know, the Kraken decide to do well when I'm not in front of the TV. And I'm telling you, maybe I'm just some bad juju. Like maybe. I don't think that's the truth. I don't think that's the truth. Well, I appreciate that. I think that there were some other factors that went into play for why they had the game that they had. So, yeah. Let's, all right. Let's uh let's get in. Yeah, I'm excited about the She Talks Hawks thing. Let's go over there. She Talks Hawks. Let's get over there. All right. Coming up next, She Talks Hawks. It is time for the She Talks Hawks segment. Wow. That's pretty fun. What do we do in this segment? Uh, I think we talk about some Seahawks off-season off-season moves, maybe some trade rumors, maybe some free agent signings. Possibly even some like 2022 draft news. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So welcome to the new segment that will replace the Hawkeye analysis. Now that the Seahawks season is over for this year. And so this is going to be our Seahawks offseason segment. Let's do it. And, you know, I put in a vote to see what name you guys wanted for the segment. And She Talks Hawks won with over 60% of the vote. So that's what we're doing. We're listening to our fans because you guys are important. All of you are special, and we appreciate you very much. So to kick this segment off, we will drop the news that many of you have already heard, but 
The Seahawks have parted ways with defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. and defensive passing game coordinator Andre Curtis. So the Seahawks are beginning to request Mm -hmm. individuals to interview for these positions. And, you know, we expect them to do their due diligence um, and making sure that they select the right person. So, I mean, the defense has struggled to be consistent um, since the Legion of Boom left and getting them back to producing an effective pass rush and creating turnovers is, is really key. So it'd be really interesting to see which way all of this turns out. They did need like a complete change of mm-hmm. something in that organization. I yeah. don't know if Ken Norton's the change that was needed. Of course, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, move on from Ken Norton. I mean, but, I think that's a common thing we see. But the, Se- the Seahawks defensively held it down, I would say, when Russell Wilson was out and struggling. Yeah. And then, but then they also gave up so many yards. It was a bend but don't break mentality. And they just bend too much. They, sure. they bend way too much. Sure. Um, and we d- we just weren't able to finish those games. They were lots of them were close games that we weren't coming out on the winning side of. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge part of that was that the Seahawks were just giving up too many yards on defense, and not able to get off the field. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how those changes progress. We'll make sure we keep you updated as any news breaks on potential hirings for those positions. But in last week's episode, I said I would discuss who our free agents are, who we should bring back, who we should let walk, our cap space situation, and what free agents from other NFL teams we should look to sign. That is a lot to cover. So today in this episode, what I'm going to discuss is our unrestricted free agents. Okay. And there's a lot of them, which is why I decided we're going to stick to the unrestricted free agents today. I mean, we've got got a whole off season to cover everything else, you know? Exactly. Might as well break it down into parts. I'm going to say whether we should keep and pay them, keep them on a team-friendly deal, or let them walk. Okay. And next week, we can dive a little bit more into the cap space situation and who the Seahawks should target in free agency from other teams. So... Let's dive in and get started. Uh, let's do it. So the Seahawks have 15 players set to hit free agency in like mid-March when the new league year opens as unrestricted free agents. So we're going to have Michaela go through the list of players set to hit the market. So first up, we're going to go with Quandre Diggs, our free safety. Michaela, what do you think? All right. So after a second consecutive Pro Bowl season, Diggs had five interceptions, 94 tackles, and seven pass breakups. Yeah. I was like literally, I was so devastated for him when he fractured his fibula and dislocated his ankle in the final quarter of the Seahawks season against Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, Diggs has been so good that it is expected that his market would be huge as a free agent. Yeah. And that the Seahawks would have to compete. And and they, they still will, I think, even though he had this huge injury that required surgery. I think that Diggs will still have a big market. Um, The best news for Diggs was that there was no ligament damage and that takes a lot longer to heal and to recover from in a rehab process. Better prognosis. Better prognosis. He should come back better, you know, better than ever. He'll be fine, but he deserves to get paid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Seahawks do hope that they'll be able to lock him down for the future if the price is right. But the Seahawks yeah. are also known sometimes to be, I mean, they did lock in Jamal Adams, right? They'll pay. I just worry that they're not going to secure 
digs, but he's sure. so good on the field and he's so great in the locker room. The team, you can just see how much his teammates love him. I mean, there there were players in the field crying. Yes, when they saw digs go yes. down. And that says a lot. He means something. So yeah. that being said, pay the man. So what do you think? Keep him. Okay. Pay the man what he deserves. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to running back Rashad Penny. Michaela? Holy smokes, Batman. <laughs> Rashad Penny came out full force in the final quarter of the Seahawks 2021 season. Yeah. After being riddled with injuries in his first three seasons. Oh, my gosh. I see and what you did there with like Batman and the Riddler, like riddled. That was cute. Totally unintentional. I like it. I'm going with it. Okay, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Get back to your thing. What's what's that connection? With the Riddler and Batman? Yeah. Well, should I is this a moment where I should be embarrassed? Well, the, like last week with the, my I mean, the spider not being an animal thing. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. I can't even. I listened to back and I was like, this is my favorite thing. Um, no, like the Riddler is like, you know, a, a villain or like a bad guy in like the Batman, like the DC universe. Oh. So wow. Okay, okay so it, it really was it really was unintentional. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, I don't. so we'll fill you in later. Sorry. Okay, back to you. He was riddled with injuries for his first three seasons. Yeah, and, and the Seahawks did decline his fifth year option this past okay. off season. So that being said, he's now a free agent heading into 2022. And in the final five games of the season, Penny rushed for 671 yards. Uh-huh. six touchdowns and average 7.29 yards per carry that's, that's pretty, insane that's that's yeah that's insane he he did express his desire to stay in seattle so that's good news for for seahawks fans uh, yeah but i'm curious what penny's market's going to be after the four 135 plus yard games he had in the final five games of the season i mean for real okay so your final verge on penny rashad hashtag or rashad penny keep <laughs> yes Okay, let's move over to our left tackle, Dwayne Brown. What do we think about Dwayne Brown? All right, so Brown will be 37 years old in August and has mentioned that he's open to a one-year deal with the Seahawks, expressing that he has interest in retiring as a Seahawk. Yeah. He did struggle at the beginning of the season, but finished strong, allowing only one sack in the the final eight games. Okay. So the verdict on uh, on Brown is if it's a team-friendly one-year deal – keep them okay all right good so that one was easy um let's go on to tight end gerald everett all right we have all experienced a roller coaster of inconsistent play from everett in this first season as a seahawk true from fumbles and drops to his great ability to gain extra yards after a catch everett ended the season with 48 receptions 478 receiving yards and four tds yeah I do want to say that Corbin Smith made a great point that these numbers could drastically go up if he had a healthy Russell Wilson all season, along with offensive coordinator Shane Waldron's scheme. Okay. So these numbers could have been a lot better, and 48 reception was actually Gerald Everett's career high in a season. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So the verdict on Gerald Everett, um, keep on a team-friendly deal. Otherwise, let him walk. Okay. Okay, uh, let's go cornerback DJ Reed. I am so grateful that the Seahawks moved Reed back to the right side of the field <laughs> yes, from the left were, after a were, rough start to the season at the so cornerback well. position. Now, mm-hmm. this was a huge the cornerback situation. I talked with Marcus Trufant for the first episode of the Pacific Northwest Showdown about that cornerback you situation, you what did. should be done. And you know, the Seahawks did decide eventually to move DJ Reed back. He was, they had placed him on the left side 
and they had Trey Flowers on the right before we, you know, released him. Yeah. And it was not <laughs> that was not a good situation for the Seahawks. No. Now, let's just say that once he was moved back to the right side, Reed allowed 48.1% completion rate and no touchdowns. Yeah. After I believe that was, I don't know if it was week six that that transition happened, but Reed had two interceptions and six pass breakups in the final 14 games after moving back to the right side. Okay. So verdict? We need to pay and keep him. Okay. Like, I, and I do think it's going to be competitive, and I do somewhat worry that he'll be gone just like um, Shaq Griffin was yeah. last season where it was just a little bit too over what the Seahawks were willing and wanting to pay. And then we were sitting here trying to figure out the cornerback situation. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe look more at the long term a little bit for that. So, yep. okay, let's go to right tackle Brandon shell. You know, shell struggled this season as he battled through a handful of injuries, which I yeah. truly do think impacted his play this season. Oh, for sure. He was trying to work through some, you know, shoulder injuries and other things. And as a, you know, pass protector mm -hmm. or an offensive lineman, you really need, that your upper body to protect. Mm -hmm. So in the 10 games that he played, he gave up three sacks and 21 quarterback pressures and 354 pass blocking snaps. Okay. Now Jake Curran stepped in as an undrafted rookie and for when shell couldn't go in there at the right yeah. tackle position. And some are saying that he might like very well just step in that role and do a great oh, job. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the question is, is he going to be able to develop as a pass protector? So what um, do you think? Well, for Shell, I say move on. Okay. I don't think that this offensive line is the answer for pass protection at this point, but I do say move on from Shell. Jake Curhan's not going to do any worse than Brandon Shell, in my opinion, at this point. Okay. And he could continue to develop if he has a great offensive coach, lineman coach. Yeah. But that being said, too, I'm not opposed to going out and paying for a really solid line to see what it actually looks like to have Russell yeah. Wilson surrounded by Pro Bowl caliber, like caliber offensive linemen. Um, but I would say awesome. for Brandon Shell, because we have so many positions of need and that we need to fill, move on um, from him after this season. Okay. What about um, our center, Ethan Posick? Center was one of the highest needs last offseason, and that continues to be true for this offseason, in my opinion. Now, Posick yeah. has been known to be riddled with injuries as well and unavailable to play through entire seasons. And that's pretty much his biggest, the biggest issue I have with Ethan yeah. Posick is that he, you can't count on him to be consistently present and there for you um, at one of the most important positions on what I would say the offense, because the, the center is the one communicating with the other offensive linemen on the mm -hmm. line, the snaps, um, and protecting, you know, the quarterbacks. So yeah. now Posick did take over the starting role from Kyle Fuller and allowed zero sacks through the final nine games, which is excellent. Um, so if he could be brought back on a team-friendly deal, I would say bring okay. him back as depth at center. Okay. But I still want the Seahawks to invest in potentially getting a Pro Bowl center, whether that's through a map, like a, a trade situation, mm -hmm. drafting a center that that's, they missed out on their opportunity with Creed Humphrey this last season. You were so, like, salty about that. I remember that from the draft. Like, you Well, and were... I also liked Quinn Miners, which might be yes. who you're thinking of. So Quinn Miners and Creed Humphrey we did not take and yeah. and so they still need to i say answer that mm -hmm. position of need 
Okay. So um, let's move over to cornerback Sidney Jones. So I was really impressed with Sidney Jones play once he came in for an injured Trey Brown. Now Sidney did get some starts before Trey Brown came in and showed his mm-hmm. ability to be great there on the left side. But once Trey Brown went down and injured and was out for the remainder of the season, yeah, um, Sidney Jones came in after week six and allowed only 187 yards on 24 receptions in coverage. Wow. He had seven pass breakups. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say bring him back and allow for him to provide depth and competition with Trey Brown after he comes back from his injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say bring Sidney Jones back. He was a, a great offseason yeah. acquisition. It was actually, did they acquire him? It might have been during preseason. I don't remember when they brought Sidney Jones in. Yeah. But I think it was actually later on. It was closer to like the season, the season starting. starting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nice. Okay. And I, I've enjoyed watching Sidney Jones play, so I would be happy if he stuck around too. Um, let's go to our defensive end, Rasheem Green. All right. I feel like this was a season where Rasheem Green really elevated his play on the defensive line. Sure, yeah. He had the team high of quarterback hits with 15. Mm-hmm. He also recorded six and a half sacks and 48 tackles. That being said, I feel like our pass rush struggled this season yeah. and that we need to shake things up in that position. So if they can bring Green back on a team-friendly deal and potentially trade, I, you know, I'm just putting this out there. This is just my thoughts. But trade okay. defensive lineman Kerry Hyder and find another strong D lineman from free agency, I think that that might be the way to go. Oh, okay. I think Green is getting better the more years he's in the position. But our pass rush, it's not right now. There needs to be a better answer. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not existent consistently, and we need to find that. Makes sense. Okay. What about tight end Will Disley? This one might like upset fans a little bit because I really like Will Disley like as a yeah. person. He's a great run blocker, sure, player. But Will Disley was quiet on the tight end front this season with yeah. Gerald Everett ahead of him on the depth chart. And you know, he's valued as a tight end who is effective at that run blocking, as I just mentioned. But I do believe that it might be time to move on. You oh. know, I think that Colby Parkinson can provide excellent opportunities at tight end, and I want to see him elevated on the depth chart. Okay. So, so bye, Will Disley, I guess. Like, I just, I wouldn't be upset if they kept him at, like, I don't think other teams are going to, like, I don't know that his market's going to be massive. Sure. So I think that they could get him on a team-friendly deal and bring okay. him back. But that being said, I do want to see uh, Colby Parkinson potentially ahead on the depth chart to mm-hmm. see what he can do. I think he needs a lot more opportunities because I think that he there's a lot of potential there. I would agree with you about potential for sure. Okay, so now I'm going to ask you about a man with beautiful mm. eyes, defensive tackle, mm. Al Woods. You know so I love beautiful. Al Woods. Yes. You know I love Al Woods. Al Woods was incredible this season in the trenches, drawing double teams often. You know, he's excellent at stopping the run game. He had 50 tackles, one and a half sacks this season. Mm -hmm. Do you know that Al Woods is going to be 35 in March? What? Yeah, so he's 35 in in NFL, like, circle. Like, 35 is old. It's it's at least getting old, probably, in the NFL. Depends on the position, but yes. Like, at that point... You know, well, especially being players will typically get one year deals too. Like that's a physical position. It's very physical, but he's not slowing down. He showed he's been one of the best players there in the defensive line for us. That's awesome. And I have to say that Al Woods is worth keeping as a nose tackle. Keep. I I'm gonna say I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I'm gonna also say keep. I yes. I loved watching Al Woods this season. Um. Okay. 
We're going to go with running back Alex Collins up next. So Alex Collins was a bright spot for the Seahawks when Chris yep. Carson went out with mm -hmm. a season-ending injury. Alex Collins earned his right for you know, that running back RB2 position, and mm -hmm. when uh, Carson went out, he was elevated to RB1. Now, he did battle his own injuries as the season went on. Yeah. He didn't suit up for, I want to say, four or five of the last games, which did allow for Penny to show his own abilities when he's healthy. Um, that being said, you know, I, I do value Alex Collins, but I do say for the sake of the fact that we have so many players that we need to sign and positions we need to fill that mm -hmm. we move on from Collins and allow okay. DJ Dallas to get more reps when, you know, it's needed. Okay. So that's kind of... It's not that I don't like Alex Collins. It's just that there are so many other needs and people that we need to pay and keep that I don't sure. necessarily see Alex Collins as a priority. Okay. Okay. What about like our tackle guard, Jamarco Jones? You know, unfortunately for Jamarco Jones, he's been impacted by injuries, which has mm -hmm. never allowed for him to show his abilities to be a starter, a tackle, yeah. or a guard. He's just like kind of that backup depth piece. And this year he was out with back issues. So... That being said, you know, you do need people to be available. And for Jones, I just feel like he's never really gotten that full ability. He's had some injuries and he's also been riddled with injuries. So I would say that it's time to move on from Jamarco Jones. Okay. Okay. Let's go with defensive tackle Robert Kim DJ. Kim DJ. Kim DJ. That's another that's another name that like DJ. Yeah, has been a struggle to figure out. But I think it's Kim DJ. Kim DJ. Okay. I want to see I I would love to see like an interview with people where they say their own names because, okay. I'm saying this because when you watch the commentators on the games, they say they names say differently different. depending on who's calling the game. So then it's like, you're not even sure which way to say it. And I would just love, yes, I would love phonetic spellings because I think that would really help me to get it correct. Cause again, names are super important and he is, you know, a good guy. So Enough about the name. Let's get to actually him. What do you think, Michaela? You know, I was really excited when we signed when we signed Kim Dichie, uh this past off season, as you know, he took twenty twenty off, mm -hmm. and that was mostly due to COVID and some other things. But he had the opportunity to reestablish his NFL career with the Seahawks, and he brought high and positive energy to the Seahawks minicamp, impressing in multiple ways on the field. Yeah. His energy level he brought it was a lot of fun. You could feel you could feel that radiating off of him. Yeah, the energy level, mm -hmm. and you know he could continue to provide depth for the Seahawks if they choose to bring him back. But I do believe that the Seahawks need a more dominant defensive tackle okay. position to create more pressure on the quarterback. But I would say bring him back on a team friendly deal. Yeah, you know it might just be you know getting back into it after a year off. A year off, um, you know. Robert was one of those ones that really stood out uh, the season that he was drafted and he was sure. drafted by the Cardinals that lots of teams are really high on him and he was yeah. drafted in the first round. Mm. So I think that there's a lot of potential there and, and sometimes it's just about getting reestablished and getting into the sure. vibe of, of the culture and, and the players and the sure. play calls and stuff. So I would say keep him on, on a team friendly deal. He does seem to have a fun personality. So that's kind of cool. Um, Let's okay. Let's talk about, our backup quarterback, Geno Smith. So I'm not going to, in this segment here, because there's been obviously some off-season, really quick after the off-season, like the day after, some some issues that, you know, involving, you know, potential DUIs. Yeah. And speeding and things. So I'm, like, there. there's that social 
part that plays into this, but I'm not going to focus on that for the sake of just talking about talent. Sure. Let's focus on the football, not the. So, so there's two different opinions that I would have on that, but I'm just focusing on the talent and what he brings to the team. Okay. So Geno Smith has been the backup for the Seahawks now for the past three seasons. Yeah. This was the first season where Smith actually saw action because Wilson's typically a very healthy quarterback. He doesn't miss games. This was no, like the first yeah. season where he's had to miss games. So Wilson was out for three games. And during those three games, Smith had four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. And he knows Shane Waldron's offense at, at this point, And he knows Russell Wilson really well. And to have a consistent backup who knows the system is great to have on your team. So, I would say bring Gino back as a backup. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, would say that he's he's a quarterback that has connections with players on the team yes. to where he could step in and have a chemistry. He did with DK Metcalf. It was yes. like he actually got DK rolling in those got, few games. He actually got DK some passes, which was great. So okay. That's my breakdown of our current unrestricted free agents. There Thank are 15 you. of them, and a lot of them are people that have had starting roles. Or have played on the field in, in many capacities. Yeah. So um, lots of work to be done. We will talk next week in the She Talks Hawks segment about cap space, what that would look like, how much space we would actually have considering the people that we might need to re-sign. Sure. And, you know, people talk a lot about how, oh, there's so much cap space. But no, we got to actually sign, our, sign lots of our guys first. And there's still lots of gaps to fill and lots of ma- moves to make. Yeah. So, um Stay tuned for that next week. But right now, I would like to take us on over to Kate's Corner. I so, like how when you say that, if you all could see Kate when she does that, she like shrugs her like shoulders up and she like says that like she's like cozy. I don't know if you can even picture yeah. what that looks like. Um, you know, I mean, if I think if you're in a corner, you're probably pretty cozy. <laughs> Nobody um, puts baby in the corner. That's right. I am not in a corner. It's totally just metaphorical somehow. So, um, okay. So for Kate's corner today, you might have noticed that I left out one piece of news from the Kraken update. And if you didn't notice, you're about to f- just have your heart feel warm. Okay. Yes. So it was a pretty important piece of information, but I just decided it needed it needed its own moment in the sun, if you will. So. The Kraken have a new team member, but this one doesn't have tentacles or two legs. He has four legs. He is Davy Jones, a four-month-old husky mix that is absolutely adorable. So So cute. Right? So the NHL has a somewhat new history of teams having dogs join them, starting with the New York Rangers in 2018. And so... The other hockey teams with dogs have them in training to be service dogs for people with disabilities as well as veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the teams I looked into, one of their dogs went to go be a service dog for um, an individual with autism, which was super cool. And so Davy Jones, though, is going to be a little bit different because he will be in training to be a therapy dog with the Alliance of Therapy Dogs. 
thanks to the Kraken's partnership with the Canada Pet Food Company. So um, he won't be traveling with the team, but he will be making some select appearances at home games. Yeah. And they're also hoping to have him visit other locations too, where he can make a positive impact. Some a positive a impact. A positive impact. Thank you. So um, they did post and kind of release some get to know you facts when they introduced Davey. And so here's what they said. Davey is such a cute name. Oh my gosh. I love it. I seriously love it. So his favorite activity is beach walks. His favorite song is lithium by Nirvana four months old and already taking it back. I love it. Um, his favorite place is the deep and his favorite food is Canada pure salmon. So Davey was adopted um, adopted by, excuse me, and lives with uh, Chris Scarborough and his wife, Emily. So Chris is actually the lead developer for the Climate Pledge and Kraken app. And Davy Jones was adopted from Doggone Seattle, which is a foster-based rescue organization. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. And actually, it seems like teams that have, um, NHL teams that have team dogs, um, it actually also really helps their social media and their interaction with fans because well, of course, the oh posts, my goodness. I guess the posts with the dogs have like, you know, exponentially, exponentially more like likes and shares and Why comments and things they? because oh they've got like goodness. really cute dogs in them. Think of hmm. all the cute dog puns they can make. It's just, it's, it's awesome. So thank you for stopping by Kate's corner to learn more about Davy Jones. We'll see you next for the mailbag, mailbag segment. It is time for the mailbag segment. Heck yeah. Last week I like threw Kate off by um, not telling her that she was going to announce it. I just looked at her awkwardly and then she's like, oh my gosh, I, oh, this is the mailbag segment. <laughs> I feel like I pulled it off pretty well for not knowing that you I was, was, was going to be the one saying it, but we just like to keep you on your toes and keep each other on our toes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So let's start it off. Mailbag segment. We're going to start with a question from Ryan Jackson. And um, he says, I heard a clip from at the Mike Sulk this week. And I'm curious, would you rather have Cody Barton slash Chandler Jones mm -hmm. or run it back with Bobby at 20-ish mil? It's very hard after watching the last few weeks to not choose probably the option. Cody Barton Chandler Jones option. Yeah. Because Cody Barton did come in um, and fill in for Bobby Wagner in the last yeah. game. Um, however, so mm -hmm. here's my answer to this. Yeah. Right? I'm letting you answer because I so, have no idea. Right now, Chandler Jones is earning about 16.5 million a year. Okay. And I would expect for him to push for more per year, this round of free agency mm -hmm. as he's a free agent this off season. And mm -hmm. I think that with what Cody Barton and Chandler Jones could be earning together could be close to what Bobby's earning in regards to having, you know, 20 mil as his annual. Sure. Cost. So, yeah. So honestly, I'm a huge fan of Chandler Jones. Yeah. I think he's an excellent player, but Bobby Wagner needs to finish his careers with the Seahawks. Okay. Um, he outdid himself and continues to be the leader on defense. And I you know, I do think that the team needs to make a big move to better our pass rush, but with the amount of players we have to resign and bring back the money that it's going to take to do that with like an impact player, like mm -hmm. Chandler Jones, mm -hmm. 
there's no, I don't know that they would there would be enough cap space to make that happen in free agency when there's also so many other needs that we need to address. Okay. If they somehow manage to keep Bobby and bring in Chandler Jones, I'm no one's mad about that. I'm not mad about it. Chandler Jones, he's on the Cardinals. He's on the Cardinals. Okay. He's the one that uh had Wilson fumble the ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to like nothing new again. I'm trying to nothing like, new for uh, Chandler Jones. Hashtag learning sports, but also there are players on other teams. <laughs> so I'm like also trying to keep up with knowing who's where. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back for knowing that one. Um, so thank you very much for that question, Ryan. We are going to move on to question from Brady Larson, 89. What is your thinking about the Seahawks next season? Are they going to make the playoffs next year? I'm going to keep this very simple. Okay. Brady Larson, 89. If Wilson is healthy, the Seahawks are going to make the playoffs, period. I mean, they have statistically eight out of 10 years he's been here. So it seems like it would happen. I'm That's as simple as it's going to be. If Wilson is healthy for the entirety of the season, the Seahawks will make the playoffs next year. I like it. Let's speak it into existence. I just did. I love it. Period. <laughs> All right, moving over to uh, buddy Rick Judd twenty one. Gosh, I love I love I love the questions that our our awesome fans and listeners send to us, mm-hmm. and whether they're sports related or not sports related. I mean, when they're not sports related, I have a better chance of being able to answer them probably. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I I just I love it so much. So uh, Rick Judd twenty one says, "What are your top three acronyms of all time?" Michaela, I'll let you go first. WTF. Okay. LOL. Okay. Which I actually say in person. She says it in real life. She's like, LOL. <laughs> like if somebody says something funny, I'll, I'll, I'll say LOL to it as a response. And I think it's hilarious. Like I, that is my response. It's fun to see people's faces when she does that. And the last one is a version of LOL, but it's LMAO. Yeah. You type that in texts. I do. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you? What, what's yours? Um, WTF. I love. It's just such a good one. I love um, BRB because mm-hmm. I think that one's important. And then just because I'm slightly honorary and I took top three as in like favorite, not like most used. Um, and so my third uh, favorite would be scuba. Okay. First of all, Kate and I were talking about this before we recorded and I go scuba. Because I looked at her answers. I'm like, scuba. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's an acronym. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you want to explain? Because I feel like I can't be the only one that didn't know that scuba was an acronym. So scuba stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. So when people are scuba diving, they are, you know, acronym diving as well. So you're using a self-contained underwater breathing apparatus for your diving, scuba diving into the deep (laughs) maybe so maybe so so those are my top three those are your top three i love i love that that's a good i actually had to really think about that and i sort of actually wished that like the facepalm emoji was an acronym so that i could use it (laughs) for this because maybe that should be another question about our favorite emojis but oh that's a good one facepalm emoji geez i use that all the time my brothers would be the shrugging hands oh my gosh like that i don't know (laughs) that's completely your brother i love it um steve olson reaches out and says hello best three to five sports bars in the seattle area 
So I think All we right. were we were pretty in agreement on these. And granted, it's we both go to these together, mm-hmm. so it's not a surprise that they would be our favorite ones. And yeah. there are so many sports bars in Seattle that we're not even probably touching the tip of the iceberg. Oh my gosh! And please share with us if you have other ones because we would love to check out other places too. So let us know. But. So number one, Watershed Pub and Kitchen. You guys have seen us tweet from there a handful of times. It is our love favorite. That place so much. It's close to where we're at. The food is excellent. The drinks, the drinks are amazing. The people the are people, awesome. The staff are so great. Um, so the Watershed Pub and Kitchen for us, number one. Um, number two, 32 Bar and Grill. If you have not been there yet at the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, ice complex community 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 ice plex it's a mouthful kci but you should getting be getting a mouthful when you go to 32 bar and grill because their food is incredible i have not had a bad thing there i haven't either we got the poutine last time oh man no the crab mac we all well no we also got that well i'm saying that i think that that was even better well i'm not and we've had the crab roll which is excellent i'm just saying it's all good is what i'm saying it's all good gosh sakes Okay, and then also the Queen Anne Beer Hall. That was so. I love the environment at the Queen Anne because it's yes. so large, and you it just go really in and open. It feels so open. There's massive screens around you. Like yeah. if you want to just go to a beer hall and watch sports and have like a good vibe, go down to the Queen awesome Anne Beer drinks, Hall. Awesome drinks, awesome food. What was the one? The Dark and Stormy. The Dark was... and Stormy. You were like tasty. I'd never had a dark and stormy yeah, I before. Had and then one. you go, I'm going to get that. And I tried it before she got there because I got it for her. And I was like, ooh, that's good. And so I ordered myself three. And that was bad news. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't have. Well, I mean, depending on how long you're there, I guess. But those are all good. And then, I mean, yes, it was kind of like a chain sort of thing. But in Seattle, we used to have the Ram. And, you know, before actually some of these other places were around. Yeah. Um, and. I liked going to the Ram. You know, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know, not the, I don't know. I, I liked the Ram. I will leave it with that. And the ones, um, at least in Seattle, have closed. So kind of a bummer, but that one would have been on my list as well. But if you have other places, please share with us because we always like to know kind of what's going on. Also, I think the watershed has a place down in Starfire. I think there's another, there's a watshed, yeah. kind of a smaller version. So if you down go there, watch so rugby I'm for excited. the Seattle Seawolves, we'll then they should too. have a watershed down there. Mm-hmm. Small, smaller food menu, but it sounds like a great drink menu. So yep. I'm pumped for that. Thank you, Steve. Um, okay. <laughs> Our weekly Tim from Puyallup question. Mm-hmm. It says... <laughs> I like how he continued. I like how it's going. I just love it. I love how it's going. In the near future, our earth has become uninhabitable. The local wizard. Yes. The local wizard is back. The local wizard luckily offers you a chance to live in one of two alternate earth timelines. Unfortunately, in one, all cats have human faces. In the other, all dogs have human hands. Which one are you choosing? You know, I'm going to go with all dogs have human hands. Okay. And Tim, I have a question though. Yeah. Are the hands only on the front paws or are they all, or are they all four feet? feet? Because, because dogs have feet and not hands, but they have two arms in the front and two arms in the back. So the ones in the front should seem like they were this arms, is, but they're I not arms. I can't believe I legs. asked a technical question. That's your job. It is my job. But I what are you going with? You... I'm going to go. I'm just going to say all dogs have human hands. Okay. I was thinking about that. That was the answer I was going to go with also. 
And then I visualized it. <laughs> I imagined our dog with human hands. I don't know if the human hands would be like size proportional to the dog or if they would be like adults human hands oh on gosh. like a tiny dog. I'm hoping they're size proportional. Okay. Then so those would be really cute little baby was... hands for Roman. <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. Okay. If they're size proportional hands, I will go with dogs have hands. If they are regular human hands on a dog, no matter what size the dog is, then I'm going to have to go with cats with human faces. But because... what if the human face is the size of a real person's head on a cat's body? No, no, no. It's, it's a face... It's a human face on a cat. It's not a human head on a cat. So it's like the face of the cat would be a human face. Again, extremely disturbing, Tim. You know what, though? Cats are weird and people are weird. So why not just have them mixed together? But I will say first answer is if size proportional to the dog, I will just go with human hands. I wouldn't have to reach under the couch to get like the treats when they go under there. He could just reach under and grab it himself, you know? With his, like little opposable thumbs. You serve yourself your breakfast and dinner. <laughs> Dang it. Actually, that's genius. That's... You know what? They all get they all get human hands. Just just not creepily large ones. <laughs> that's my vote. Not creepily large uh, hands. All right. So on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna just take us to those closing podcast remarks. Okay. Um Tim, thank you for always helping us end with an excellent question in the mailbag. I love how many of you like Steve's questions, Rick's questions, like some of you that like ask all the time, like I just, I love it. I feel like we're getting a peek into your, into Brain. your brains here. Yeah. So, yeah. but yes, we all should right. wrap it up. You're right. So this does lead us to the end of this week's Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. I want to thank you all for listening and hope you tune in next week. Kate, where can they Follow us on social media. You know what, Michaela? I'm glad you asked. You can follow us over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're at PNW Showdown on those um, platforms. We love interacting with folks. Um, you know, I think it's it's been it's been pretty great. There's been some fun little TikToks going up over there. I need to get better at the Instagram. I'm going to be honest. I hope I'm not letting any of you down. But like, I'm gonna I'm I'm making a plan to work on that. All right. Well, on that note, you know what? It's okay to take care of yourself. And if you can't do it all, that's okay too. That's so true. to wrap up this podcast, as we do every week, yep. remember to take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time.
Hey, Michaela. So you know how like we've been asking people, like we've been saying like, hey, you should listen to the end of the episode and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, like maybe, maybe this week we should try something kind of cool where if you listened all the way to the end of the episode and you're hearing our words right now, that maybe, maybe we could do something nice for somebody. I have just the thing. Oh, what, Michaela? Tell me think, all about it. I think that maybe if you tag the Pacific Northwest Showdown on social media and use the code word checkers in a sentence, you should be put in a raffle for a $15 Simply Seattle gift card. What do you think? Um, That sounds amazing. And you know what? What? How about that raffle will be on Monday, January 31st, and we'll do it around, like, let's say 6 p.m. Something like that. That sounds good. That'll give people some time. You know, we'll you don't have to listen to it the very first day. Maybe you're listening to it a little bit later. You're not going to miss out right away. Yeah, we want to give people as much opportunity to be put in this raffle for a $15 Simply Seattle gift card. Remember, tag Pacific Northwest Showdown on social media and use the code word checkers in a sentence. Don't give away that this is what you heard on the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We want people to find it organically. Yeah, that's so right. It's all about organic around here. Put checkers in a sentence and tag us and we will put you in for that raffle. I love it. I hope I hope it works out great for us and for them and for everybody. All right. Have a great rest of your day or evening or night. Thank you for listening to the Pacific Northwest Showdown.